Everything here at Keyboard Kimura is presented by OneBone, the first size-inclusive, big and tall brand. If you've been rocking with me for a while, you know I've been rocking with OneBone for a little bit now, and there are a bunch of reasons why. In addition to the fact that I straight up love their gear, from the different styles of pants and shorts, to the shirt varieties, hoodies, zips, the hot sauce, the whole collection, I'm in. But it's also because they understand that size doesn't matter, fit does. I'm a bigger guy, and I carry it all in my belly, which meant for me, finding shirts that were long enough to not be revealing when I raised my arms, or that kept me covered if I had to crouch down to pick something up, was a challenge. But OneBone solved that. All the tops have added length to cover the gap between your shirt and your pants, and everything is made from premium fabrics, with tops ranging in size from medium to 8XL, and bottoms going from a waist size of 30 to 65 inches. There is a sizing guide on the website that makes it easy to find the absolute right fit. And from flyweight to heavyweight and beyond, OneBone has got you covered. They offer free exchanges and returns to guarantee your perfect fit. And you can even buy now and pay later with four interest-free payments. On top of that, they're Canadian. And for me, that's important. As a OneBone ambassador, I've got you covered with a one-time promo code for 15% off your entire order. All you have to do is visit the link in the show notes, onebonebrand.com forward slash Spencer Kite, and enter the promo code Spencer Kite. That's my name, Spencer Kite, all caps, all one word, at checkout, and you get 15% off your entire order. It is, as I said, a one-time use code. But I'm confident that once you cop some One Bone gear and become part of the One Bone family yourself, you'll understand why my entire wardrobe consists of One Bone apparel. Go check out Drop 17, which hit the site a couple of days ago, featuring four new colors in the scoop and the V-neck t-shirts, plus the new Outwork pants in military green and black. I've got an order going in this week. You should too. One Bone. For big and all. Welcome, everybody. Greetings and salutations. East Spencer Kite, Friday, September 8th, UFC 293 Picks and Plays here on Keyboard Kimura, presented to you by OneBone. Before we get started, I just have to say, Blue Camo Bullet arrived yesterday. Best shirt yet. Best shirt yet. Shout out to the boys of OneBone. Check them out, onebonebrand.com forward slash Spencer Kite. Spencer Kite for 15% off at checkout. First order only we will get you promo codes throughout. Hit me up. You know how to get in touch. Twitter and Instagram at Spencer Kite. DMs are always open for all of you. Scan that QR code. Sign up here on YouTube. Sign up on the Keyboard Kimura newsletter. Subscribe, like, follow, all of that stuff. It's time for UFC 293 Picks and Plays. Before, as always, we get into this week's stuff. We talk about the previous weeks. And last week, I was not here. I was ill. I did not put together a show. So we're just going to do the quick recap. Overall, for the year, on the pick front, 180 wins, 125 losses. 
three draws, two no contests, a 0.581 win percentage. It's creeping closer to the 0.60. That is the new aim. We're not going to get to 0.70. That is always a lofty target that I hold for myself at the start of every year. But as with the last couple of years, if we can get that to 60%, I'll be happy. That's a good number. Getting six out of 10 right in a sport where there's all kinds of variables. I'm happy with that result. On the plays front for the year, we are down $1,407.60. We had a good week two events ago that we put out a show. I believe that was UFC 292. And then last time out in Singapore, didn't go as well. Wasn't here last week. We're trying to rebound this week as we go down under to Sydney, Australia, Kudos Bank Arena. UFC 263 headlined by Israel Adesanya and Sean Strickland for the UFC middleweight title. And my pick, as you would imagine, I think, is Israel Adesanya. I think this is a fight where Izzy goes out and makes a statement. I think he is looking to use this opportunity almost, I don't want to say audition, because I think as the biggest active star in the sport right now, he's probably already penciled in for UFC 300. But if he goes out and whoops on Sean Strickland the way that I think a lot of people, myself included, believe is possible, then I think they maybe they maybe mark that 300 in in pen more than pencil. And Izzy becomes the headliner for that event, which will take place in the first quarter, in the first half of next year, depending on how they want to line things up and move things around. I think this is a fight where he just absolutely looks great. Now, a lot of that I think is going to depend on how Sean Strickland decides to approach this fight. But I think there's only one way that Sean knows how to fight at this point. I don't think he's going to come out and look to wrestle. I think he is going to come forward, apply pressure, throw hands, try to push the action. And I think it's going to result in him getting caught. I think it's going to result in Israel Adesanya delivering something similar to what we saw in the fight with Robert Whitaker. Sorry, the first fight with Robert Whitaker where in the midst of an exchange, Izzy lands something sharp, Sean Strickland goes down and still, and then he hits a TikTok dance on his body while he is on the canvas. As such, on the play front, we're loading up on the main event. This is the clearly, easily, the biggest outlay of the day. The fight that I have the most invested in, the fight that I think has the most potential return. So it's $200 on Adesanya to finish at minus 105, which returns $390.48. It's $100 that the fight is done in under 2.5 rounds at plus 185, which would return $285. And then $200 that it's done in under 3.5 rounds, which comes in at plus 110 and would return 420 so here's the logic before we get into the totals and all like that. I think Izzy finishes this fight. So that's why we go with the minus one, 105. We pay that small, small, small little bit of juice and we turn 200 into 390 and some change. Love that wager. Doesn't put a limit on when it happens. And I think Izzy goes out and gets a finish in this fight. The reason I'm combining the two unders here with the under 2.5 and under 3.5 is I actually think he gets it done relatively quick. Not just because he's coming off a second round finish of Alex Pahea last time out, but I think stylistically in the way this fight is going to play out, it lends itself 
to there being openings early. I think Sean Strickland is going to engage. I think it's the only way he can win this fight, or it's the best way for him to win this fight, is to engage, is to press the pace, is to get in there and try to make it as grimy and ugly and dirty as possible. And I think it's going to leave him susceptible to some shots. And so we put the under three and a half and under two and a half together. Both are at plus money. Both are good returns on big numbers. I think the under 3.5 is as close to a lock as I've made in the last little while is as, is as good as I feel about a wager that I have made in the last little while. I don't see this going more than four rounds. I don't see us getting there. I think we're done somewhere in the third, if not sooner. And so we put all of that together in total. It is $500 out, five units out, 390 and some change if he finishes after the third, three after 3.5 rounds, which means if he gets a finish in, you know, the back half of round four or round five, we're losing 110 bucks. And I'm taking that risk. I'm happy to take that risk. If he finishes prior to the three and a half minute mark of round or the two and a half minute mark, I should say, of round four, then it's $810.48 back for a $310 profit. And if he finishes in under two and a half rounds, it's $1,000 and $1,095, excuse me, and 45 cents back for a $595 and some change profit. I think that's what we get. I think this is a relatively quick finish. I think it is inside of that two round window. I didn't want to overextend and chase the under 1.5, which is again at a good number. It's a, it's a reasonable number. And if you want to Find another prop to play. Certainly one that you can you can chase. I'm leaving it alone. I like this double up of two and a half and three and a half. Let's see if we can't make close to $600 profit to close out the show. It's either going to put us way over the top, bring us closer to even or somewhere in between. I like these plays. I think Odessa shines and I think he gets it done inside the distance, inside of two rounds. Co-main event, Tai Tuivasa and Alexander Volkov. My pick is Alexander Volkov. I love everything that Tai Tuivasa has said. I love the fact that he's fighting at home and is going to be buoyed by that crowd in Sydney. I just think Alexander Volkov has far more weapons. And as long as he avoids that big overhand right, similar to the Derek Lewis fight many, many moons ago, as long as he can avoid that great big shot that is good, and can put him out at any point, again, similar to that Lewis fight, I think he wins. I've been really impressed with the offensive output of Alexander Volkov through the last couple of fights. Watched both of them back this week, putting some, putting some stuff together on him. There were some, di not dicey moments. He grabbed the fence against Alexander Romanov. There was a clash of heads against Alexander Romanov. But ultimately, he did all the right things in that fight in terms of defending those positions, stuffing the head, and just, he is at a point right now that when he gets you hurt, he is attacking more. And I like that. And I think Tai Tuivasa is someone that he can hurt with those shots up the middle, the kicks to the body, the long punches to the body. I think that's where it starts. And as soon as Tai has to cover that up, he goes upstairs. I do think it will be a finish. But I don't have any place. There was nothing on the prop front. There was nothing in terms of the money line that I really liked about this fight from a wagering perspective. 
So I'm picking Volkov, but I'm keeping my money in my pocket. I'm just letting this one go. We've got 500 bucks out on the main on the main event. We got to be got to be smart other places. So we just let this fight go by the boards. Volkov is the pick. No place. Middle fight of the main card: Manel Cape versus Felipe Dos Santos. My pick is Manel Cape. There are no plays here. This is one of those fights to me where I'm staying away for a couple different reasons. One, I didn't like any of the odds. I didn't like any of the numbers that were presented in terms of the money line or any of the props. I didn't want to go chasing stuff in terms of just picking rounds individually, even though I think there are possibilities for Manel Cape to finish and finish early. But it's also one of those fights for me where because it is the established guy versus the 22-year-old newcomer that has nothing to lose, I just, those are those are fights where I just do the like, I'm just going to let this one play out. I'm just going to let Manel Cape go out there, have a fight, finally, first time in almost a year, get a fight in, make it to the cage, do his thing, see what he can do, let himself get a victory, and just let it play out. I think Dos Santos, coming from a terrific camp and showing some potential thus far through the regional circuit to get to a point where he was going to be on the contender series, makes him an interesting guy to watch long-term going forward. He's a wild card this weekend. I have no idea what to expect from this kid. And so just staying away from it, from a gambling front. I think Cape wins. I think there's, as I said, possibilities for him to win in decisive, explosive fashion, but it's not worth me chasing. Heavyweights, Justin Taffa and Austin Lane. My pick is Justin Taffa. On the play front, it is 50 bucks on Taffa to finish in round one at plus 140, which returns 120 bucks, so a chance to make a $70 profit. I'm going this way for a couple different reasons. One, Justin Taffa is a killer be killed fighter. He's most likely getting you out of there in round one or getting finished in round one. Austin Lane is a guy similar to that. Hasn't competed at the UFC level yet. Had about 48 seconds in there in Jacksonville earlier this year, but that doesn't fully count. This will be his actual debut. And it is now, instead of being on home soil in Jacksonville, it is now on the road. It is a road game for the former NFLer. And I do think that that's going to play into this for Tafa. His brother just competed a couple of weeks ago in Singapore stopping Parker Porter. I think that buoys him. I think he is one of those guys that it was coming together prior to that last fight with Lane that ended with an eye poke. I think this is somebody that's in the midst of, of figuring some stuff out and putting some stuff together. And I think if he gets the win, it's going to be early. I think these guys are going to come out there and just swing hammers and somebody's going to get clipped and somebody's going to get finished. And so I'm putting my faith, I'm putting my pick, I'm putting my money on the local guy, as opposed to the American coming in. So give me Tafa, give me 50 bucks on him to finish in the first round. I don't think we get past that first round. I think we're under five minutes here. So if you want to chase that one as well, certainly worthwhile, but I do think that is at negative money right now. So you're going to have to pay the juice on that one. But I think Tafa gets the win. Main card opener, Tyson Pedro versus Anton Turkali, the pleasure man. My pick is Tyson Pedro. I think he has shown, so, he has shown more, not I think, 100% facts. He has shown more simply because he's had more opportunities. Now, the last fight against Modestus Bukoskis didn't go well, looked good to start, and then faded pretty hard. But I think this is another one of those spots where 
the start quick is going to be enough for Tyson Pedro. I think there are weapons that he has, things that he does well, that I think and I and I hope will have been brought out by another camp at City Kickboxing, that more time working with Eugene Behrman, working alongside Israel Adesanya, brings out the best in Tyson Pedro. I think this is a guy that wants to prove he is better than the poor results he's had and is even better than the good results he's had. That he's somebody that is capable of beating better fighters than the guys he has beaten and that he has faced to this point. And I think he looks to show that on Saturday at home in Australia. On a betting front, we've got 100 bucks on Pedro to win at minus 110. This is a coin flip fight, according to the odds makers. So that 100 bucks at minus 110 returns 190 and 91 cents. We've got 50 bucks on Tyson Pedro to finish at plus 145, which returns $122.50. And then 50 bucks on Pedro to finish in round one at plus 350, which would return 225. So all total, 200 bucks out. 190 if he wins by decision. It's a $10 loss. If he gets his hand raised and it's on the scorecards, we're taking a $10 hit. I'm okay with that risk because Tyson Pedro isn't a guy that goes to decisions. You look it up. It's on his record. I think he's been to the cards once in his career, twice in his career. It's not happening. It's just not going to happen. That's my assessment. It's not going to happen. It's 313.41 if he wins by stoppage. So $113.41 profit. And then 538.41 if he wins by stoppage in round one, which is a $338.41 profit. He is similar to Justin Taffa, a first round finisher. It's killer be killed. It's we're winning inside of five or we're losing inside of five. We're not going 15. And I think he is significantly better than Anton Tricali, who is 0-2 in the UFC, who hasn't looked good, who struggled against a inexperienced guy in, in Vitor Petrino last time out, who presented a whole bunch of openings, presented a whole bunch of opportunities for Tricali to go out and get a victory. And he couldn't do so. I think Tyson Pedro finishes him. I think he finishes them quickly and I will be going to the windows to cash these tickets. Moving to the prelims, staying in the light heavyweight division, Carlos Alberg versus Dawoon Jung. My pick is Carlos Alberg. I think he has looked absolutely phenomenal. I think he's somebody that is figuring out how to be a mixed martial artist and how to use his considerable weapons extremely well inside the octagon. I think this is the right level of fight for him. It's not too much of a step up in competition given the recent victories, but it is a slight step up in competition. I think Dawoon Jung is somebody that is going to come forward and look to engage. And he is most likely going to get hit by that left hook. And he's going to have to block some big, heavy right leg kicks, right kicks to the body, right kicks to the head. And then that left hook is going to catch him as he comes forward. I think this will look very similar to Jung's loss to Dustin Jacoby, quite frankly, come forward, meet in the center, and just get hit by better shots by a more technical, more clean striker in Carlos Alberg. On the play front, 50 bucks on Alberg to finish in round one at plus 190, returns 145 bucks. This is betting on history. This is betting on results. This is betting on what we've seen in his last three fights. Last three fights have all ended inside the first five minutes. Yes, it's against slightly lesser competition, than Dawoon Jung, a guy that has several UFC fights as opposed to 
Tefan Chukwi, Nick Negamarianu, and Ihor Pretoria. But Jung is similar in the sense of he's a guy that's going to come forward. It doesn't last that long. It is kill or be killed. I've said it a bunch of times on this on this program already. I think Saturday's show is going to be a finish fest. I think we're going to get some entertaining fights because it is a bunch of these matchups. And I think Carlos Alberg will find a shot that puts Jung down inside of the first five minutes. 50 turns into 145, turns into a $95 profit, turns into smiles on my face. Move to the featherweight division, Jack Jenkins versus Chepe Marichal. My pick is Jack Jenkins and I'm a little uneasy about it. I will be honest. I'm a little unconfident in this pick because I think Chepe is a guy, as I said earlier this week, that makes things dirty, that presses you, that is that truth machine that is going to make you be at your best. Jack Jenkins struggled a little bit and had challenges, understandably, with Jamal Emmer's last time out. Wins by split decision. A lot of people disagreed with that verdict. Totally understand it. Chepe is a guy that is going to come at you hard. The thing that has me leaning towards Jack Jenkins is that this fight is in Australia and he hasn't had to travel across the world to get here and make weight and cut weight and get down to 145. He's been at home, rocks up to Sydney. I know it's a trip. Everybody does it like, oh, he's fighting. Getting around Australia takes a lot. It's a it's a big spot, right? Like the distance between Auckland and Sydney where this fight is taking place for the guys from City Kickboxing is further than going from Miami to New York. So don't make it, don't think for a minute that this isn't travel for them or even some of the Australian guys that are from Perth and different parts of the country, but it's not the same as coming from the United States. And I think that's going to benefit Jenkins. I think he has a great gas tank. Don't know how Chepe holds up going down to 45. He looked good against Trevor Peak because he was able to push that pace because it was up a division. I think we see a I think we see the best version of Jack Jenkins yet in this fight. I still think he's somebody that can have more forward progress in the featherweight division than we've seen thus far. I hope he's gotten settled. I hope he's got his feet under him. I think we see the best version of him on Saturday night, but I'm not super confident. And as such, we got no place. Money staying in the pocket, no bets. Just watch this one. See what happens. Picking Jenkins, keeping the money in my pockets. Move to lightweight, Jamie Malarkey versus John McDessie. My pick is Malarkey. I think he is just simply the more well-rounded and the, it's not just that he's the younger fighter. It's that there is more to his game. And I think that youth is going to certainly be a part of that. He is a better athlete than John McDessie at this point of life. Now, John McDessie, when he was 29, probably a better athlete than Jamie Malarkey. But John McDessie is 38. And he hasn't fought in over a year. And he's dealt with a whole bunch of injuries. And I think Jamie Malarkey, after getting a little bit embarrassed, and I watched an interview that he did did with my guy, John Hyokong. John Young Ko, sorry, John, got your name wrong. JHK MMA, Korean John. And he talked about that fight with Muhammad Naimov, where he said, look, I thought because he was coming in on short notice and he took the fight during fight week, that there was no way he was going to be able to keep up with me, that I was going to be able to press the pace. And I can't do that. I appreciate hearing that. That to me is that recognition and understanding of I screwed up and I'm not going to let that happen again. I think that's what we see here. I think we see him come out, get it close, close the quarters, close the distance against John McDessie, put him on the ground, 
force him to wrestle, use his size advantage, use his strength advantage, limit the opportunities for McDessie to kickbox at range and just go out and get another victory. I think it'll be similar to his win over Francisco Prado earlier this year in Perth. Close the distance, grapple, don't let the striker strike, get a victory, get your hand raised, get it moving in the right direction. No plays for me on this one, though. It's another one of those fights. Malarkey is understandably the favorite. The odds, his his money line is too great for me to really want to get in on. I believe he's, you know, a minus 200, minus 250 range. I don't like that price just because we saw him get lamped last time out against a short notice newcomer. And so we just stay away. We just watch how this one plays out. I think he gets the job done. I think he will look good here, but we're staying away from the windows on this one. Sticking around the lightweight division, Nasrat Hakparast versus Landon Quinones. My pick is Hasparast. Hakparast, excuse me. Said yesterday that he is a guy that I can't quit. Absolutely have to back him here. I think this is a chance for him to go out and absolutely roll. Landon Quinones is one of those fighters that is super young in his career. And the one moment that I've seen where he's been in there against somebody that has some experience, that has some savvy to his game, he got absolutely trucked. He fought Jason Knight on the Ultimate Fighter. He went out there and instead of maintaining range and forcing Jason Knight to strike, he took him to the ground and basically fell into a triangle choke. That is a rookie. That is a young mistake. Those are IQ things that you can only fix through experience. And he hasn't had any more experience since then. This is a short notice opportunity for him. I understand why he accepts that call to come and get his foot in the door. But I think Hack Parast absolutely washes him here. As such, $100 on Hack Parast to finish at plus 135. Returns 235 bucks. This feels like easy money to me. I don't think Nasrat Hack Parast is going to look to get 15 minutes in and be real clean and real, real smart and real, you know, protective of things against Landon Quinones. Got a win last time out against McDessie last September. Looks to make it two straight. I think he wants to make a little statement here. Again, as I talked about all week, 28 years old, a guy that we've always talked about as having upside, but it's starting to wane. The number of people on the bandwagon, there's a bunch of empty seats around me. I think he wants to go out, have a strong showing, show that he's healthy, show that he can indeed make some headway in the light heavyweight division. I think he gets the finish. We hopefully will turn $100 into $235, a nice $135 profit early in the prelims to get things rolling. We move back to the welterweight division. Mike Diamond, Blood Diamond, Mike Matheta, whatever whatever name he is going by now, taking on Charlie Radke. My pick is Charlie Radke. and. Again, it's not a ton of confidence because I'm not usually somebody that's rolling with newcomers, especially when the regional circuit performance hasn't been absolutely mind-blowing, hasn't been one of those things where he's beaten a ton of guys that I know and think highly of, but he can beat Blood Diamond. That's, it's as simple as that. I think Mike Matheta is going to go down as one of the guys that got signed to the UFC that had no business being in the UFC. We've seen this before, right? Somebody from a specific gym has a great deal of success and the UFC goes out and signs a whole bunch of people from there. When Conor McGregor was at the start of his run and in the midst of his run, we had this wild influx of fighters from SBG Ireland. Some of them had success, some of them not so much. I think 
Blood Diamond, Mike Diamond is one of those guys from SBG that is going to fall in the not so much category. 0-2 right now. I think Charlie Radke comes out, puts him on the ground, finds a submission in the first round, but I have no bets because this is an absolute stay away, chaos, danger fight from a gambling perspective. I fully understand if there are people that think otherwise, if there are people that want to risk their money and wager on this fight, more power to you. I am chickening out of this one. I don't want to chase a newcomer at significant negative odds. I don't want to chase any props at significant negative odds, even though I think Radke gets a finish and I think he gets a submission finish at that. So I'm just staying away. This is one that I will just let play out on my television screen and I will see what happens because I truthfully wouldn't be all that surprised if Mike Diamond goes out and gets a victory. Also, if he's now officially going with Mike Diamond as the name, he's got to walk out to Beastie Boys on Saturday. It's just an automatic. You have to. If you're going with Mike Diamond, you've got to walk out to Mike D, Ad Rock, Adam Yock, and MCA, and do this thing Beastie Boys style. Let's go. Back to the featherweight division. Shane Young versus Gabriel Miranda. My pick is Shane Young. I think this is a case of the local fighter being buoyed by being at home and being surrounded by a number of his teammates and coaches. I think the three-fight losing streak that Shane Young is on is to better competition than he is facing on Saturday. And I just don't think Gabriel Miranda is a guy that has what it takes to compete at this level. Now, I might be wrong. He got overwhelmed last time out against Benoit Saint-Denis, up a division. We've seen lots of people in that position where they go out, first fight, it doesn't go well. They're up a division. It's against somebody that ends up, as we know now, Benoit Saint-Denis on a nice little run here, just beat Thiago Moises last weekend in Paris. Certainly looks good. Certainly looks like somebody that's knocking on the door of the top 15 of the lightweight division. So maybe I'm overrating that loss. I'm I'm putting too much, not enough, I guess I should say, into that loss for Miranda. But he hasn't fought since then. And now he's coming down and he's coming to Australia. So I'm rolling with Young. And I'm also rolling with him at the windows. 50 bucks on Young to finish at plus 190. Returns 145. I think he comes out here and just looks to overwhelm Gabriel Miranda. That's what Benoit Saint-Denis did. That, I think, is the path to victory. I don't think he takes shots well. I think Shane Young has big power and at, is at his best when he is going forward and just being not necessarily reckless, but going forward and being aggressive and being the guy that initiates and takes the fight to people rather than being in space. He seemed a little bit hesitant and gun-shy since the head kick loss to Ludovic Klein. I think he shakes out of that. I think he gets a victory. I think he gets a finish. Ends the losing streak. Gets his hand raised. Good win early in the night for the City Kickboxing crew. UFC 293 opener. Kevin Doucette versus Kiefer Crosby. My pick is Doucette. Zero plays. This is a coin flip for me. I will be completely honest. I am picking Doucette because he is part of that city kickboxing team. He is fighting at home. And I just think he's he's going to be able to do a little bit more than Kiefer Crosby, who I haven't been. And I'll be honest, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything like that. I haven't really ever been impressed by Kiefer Crosby. He's been one of these guys from that SBG Ireland crew that has always sort of been on the periphery, right? He's competed at Bellator a couple of times. When he got in there with good competition in Bellator, he faltered. 
Yes, he beat Alex Oliveira last time out in his last MMA fight. But Alex Oliveira washed out of the UFC on a lengthy winning streak and is 34 going on 42. And so I can't put a ton of stock in that victory for Kiefer Crosby. And he won a boxing fight, an exhibition fight, I believe against Aaron Chalmers, a couple or Aaron. Yeah, that's his name, Aaron Chalmers. A couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago now, I should say, excuse me, that kind of helped elevate his profile. But that has no bearing here. I think Jusek goes out and just gets himself a victory, finds a way to, to win this fight, starts the night on a positive for the City Kickboxing crew, but I got no plays. No plays whatsoever. This is a just sit and watch and let it happen. See if City can, can start the night on a roll. See if the favorites can start the night on a roll, getting a victory early, and we go from there. Before we wrap, we get to my favorite part of the show. You see, the, see my eyes light up. You see the smile come to my face. It is the punch drunk prediction parlays. Every week we will take my main card picks, my preliminary card picks, my full card picks, and bundle them together in a $10 parlay so that just in case we run the table, whether main card prelims or the entire show, we got a little wager on it so we make a little money. So on the main card, Israel Adesanya, Alexander Volkov, Manel Cape, Justin Taffa, Tyson Pedro. A $10 wager delivers combined odds of plus 481 for a return of $58.13. It's all chalk. It's a small return. But I tell you what, I'll take $48 profit any day. You want to give me 40 bucks profit, almost 50 bucks profit on a $10 wager? I'm in. For all favorites, for just what everybody expects to happen, happen, I'm in. I'll take it. On the prelims, Carlos Alberg, Jack Jenkins, Jamie Malarkey, Nasrat Hackbrass, Charlie Radke, Shane Young, Kevin Giuseppe. $10 wager combined odds plus 1,132 for a return of $123.21. Again, it's all chalk. Favorites run the table. I think the favorites win every fight this weekend. I think it's going to be one of those cards. And I think as much as that's not a big return for having seven fights bundled together, Similar to the, I will take almost $50 in profit. I will take $110 in profit, $113.21 to be exact. Every day, just for picking favorites, just for it playing out the way that Vegas and a whole bunch of other people see it playing out. I don't see a lot of upsets on this card. I think we get a lot of chalk cash in. And if we go chalk all the way through, if we go Adesanya, Volkov, Cape, Tafa, Pedro, Olberg, Jenkins, Malarkey, Hackparast, Radke, Young, and Juset. That $10 wager produces combined odds of plus 7,055 for a return of 716 dollars and four pennies. It's not, it's nowhere near the biggest full card parlay we have talked about on this program over the course of its history. But I tell you what, it feels like the one that has the best chance of hitting, and I'm in on it. Again. You want to give me $706 and four pennies as a profit? Let's go. If we run the table this week, we have a great night. We have a great week. We move into the black. We move into the good for the year. All will be great. I will be here crowing, smiling, singing, dancing on the takeaways on Sunday. And then I will be back next week, not making bad wagers. This is the thing I'm going to be careful of. Even if I don't get all the way through these parlays and we just turn a profit, which we're always looking to do, I will not make bad picks next week. I will not make dumb wagers next week. 
UFC 293 from Kudos Bank Arena in Sydney, Australia on Saturday on pay-per-view. Check it out. Check me out at Spencer Kite, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for watching the program. Like, subscribe here on YouTube. Like, subscribe over on the Substack. Like the boys at One Bone. Rocking the camo blue bullet. Shouts to Adam and Sam. Love you boys. Love you guys for tuning in. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the fights. We will talk to you on Sunday for the takeaways. Be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. We'll see you Sunday.